Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, episode 177. And coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing my conversation with Bill Corbett from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks. I had the pleasure of meeting Bill at Pensacon a couple of weeks ago, so we talk about his time at the convention, how he went from theater to MST3K, how Rift Tracks was formed, and so much more. It was really fun getting to talk with him, and hopefully you guys enjoy hearing it. But first, let me tell you about our proud sponsor, Audible. This episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! at Pensacon with my very special guest, Mr. Bill Corbett. Bill, how are you this morning? Doing really well, thank you. Yeah, having fun at the con. Yeah, we were actually just talking uh, right before we started. Uh, how have you enjoyed your time here so far? It's been great. I, you know, I was telling uh, Derek that some, you know, most conventions are run pretty well in my experience, It's which is Mostly I've been doing them this year. Uh, before that, I just was sort of at Dragon Con every year and occasionally a couple of others. But I've had, I have had opportunity to compare and contrast now. And I think Pensacon has run really well and treats people well. And so it's been a blast. A lot of other fun guests. So I'm meeting a lot of cool people. Yeah, and it's really good to see, you know, the, the adaptation of the convention every year this is its its fifth year and us not really having like a traditional convention center i mean the base center is primarily used for our independent hockey team that yeah. we have here but seeing how they've kind of adapted it and worked with the surroundings is, is yeah. really good and they, and they make it work really well and i have to say i love the fact that here in the deep coastal uh, uh you know florida you guys have a hockey team <laughs> and then like everybody's you know with a sizable fan base right mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's, it's interesting because the, the team's been around for, well, they used to be known as the Ice Pilots back in the day, and now they're the Ice Flyers. Uh, you know, having a hockey team, also have a minor league baseball team. Uh -huh. So it's, it, it's interesting that we actually have some, some good sports. Is the minor here. league team a farm team for any, mm -hmm. w for who? The uh, Cincinnati Reds. Oh, cool. They're the AA affiliate. I actually yeah. work for them. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've worked there for... I think now I'm going on my fifth year. So cool. They're, they haven't been around very long, but it sounds like a fun job. Yeah, it, it's it's a fun environment for sure. sure. So uh, I wanted to really get the interview kick started by asking, uh, like, where where are you from originally? Where did you grow up? I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. And uh, born and raised there, and went to college in Connecticut. But uh, after grad school in my twenties, I got an invitation to move to Minneapolis to be part of a th a theater thing there. It's uh, because my background's in theater, and uh, it was a place called the Playwright Center. They were giving me money to hang around and teach and sort of write, so that was the only offer I had at the time, <laughs> so I took it. But then uh, Minneapolis had a great theater and comedy and entertainment scene, to my surprise, and then I got eventually got hooked up with the Mystery Science Theater guys in different ways through comedy and, you know, writing and all that, and... 
started writing for them. And then when Trace Bilyeu left as Crow T. Robot, um, they gave me the puppet and said, see what you can do. And <laughs> the rest is history. What was it that drew you to theater originally? Oh, I don't, you know, it. I, I would say a couple of good teachers maybe who had us, or bad teachers maybe in retrospect, who had us writing, um, you know, skits and plays and stuff like that. And I just loved it. Um, and I don't know, an inherent hamminess maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I ask myself that every now and then. <laughs> but no, that, that, that's really cool in the fact that, you know, you went from theater to then working on, you know, a really popular show, Mystery Science Theater 3000, which I, I will admit that, you know, I, I had always heard of it, but didn't watch it until for the first time until two years ago. We have uh, a PBS station affiliate yeah. here in town, and they were starting this whole like nerd weekend oh, uh, right. TV broadcast. So they they have like a it's called the Amos. It's a theater with stadium seating. And they showed an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I remember it was the when you guys showed the pod people. Oh, yeah. And yeah. That, that so that was my first introduction to uh -huh. Mystery Science Theater. And it's, it's been really fun to watch. I mean, the concept is just great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and I think the writing remained solid throughout. And just, you know, I, I, think, I think because we were in the Midwest and it was mostly hands-off, we got to develop a show that was a little offbeat compared to, you know, if we had a bunch of network people just sort of like looking over our shoulder so mm -hmm. it just sort of grew they also needed to fill airtime in the early days of cable so it's like we got a lot of time to do it but yeah well, it's a great idea well it's, it's an interesting concept because it's not like your traditional tv show i mean it's basically you know coming up with funny commentary for for b movies yeah and and it's it's just fun because you know i i can just visualize myself with friends watching one of those movies and we would probably do something similar so to make a show about it yeah w was genius it's a genius and maybe a little bit of a racket <laughs> <laughs> do you have a particular like favorite episode that you've done yeah, you know, I'm asked that question a lot, and I think the answer is, yeah, I have ones that come to mind. I don't know if I have one exact favorite, and then if I've just seen one that I really like, that is my favorite. But the ones that remain solid for me are ones uh, is one called Space Mutiny, um, just because it seemed like such a gift to us. Uh, like, literally, one a woman, like a crew member of this ship in space is pointedly killed by the bad guys in one scene and in the next scene she's there sitting at her desk working you know in the background and it was like that was just a mistake <laughs> and so you, that that just feels like a gift when you get stuff like that yeah kind of writes itself yeah and it's called space mutiny space mutiny yeah i'll have to go check that one yeah out. uh and then also there's riff tracks yeah that's going on how, how did that come about well, uh, Mike Nelson, who was the head writer and uh, star of the show in the second half of its run, um, and Kevin Murphy, who played Tom Servo, and myself were, you know, once the show ended, we were still kind of working together on little projects. Uh, we had a website. We had, uh, you know, we and, and Riff Tracks finally came up as like, well, we still want to do this, but we want to do it in a slightly different way. Um, maybe like getting the move, the more contemporary movies, 
Uh, and our obstacle to those, like contemporary bad movies or, or even like decent movies, uh, were rights. Like we just could never get them for the show. Mm-hmm. So to work around that, we would just release an MP3 file of commentary and you would sync it up to the movie, which you would get yourself. That's smart. Yeah. And it, it was fun. And we still do that, but we've now added like a lot of cheesy movies that, you know, it's like video on demand. So you have the whole thing. You don't always have to like put it together but we have a really cool app that syncs up the sound of the movie to our commentary and it works really well it's like shazam that's awesome yeah before we continue this conversation with bill corbett i have to remind you that for you the listeners of the Derek diamond experience podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service And they have a ton of books to choose from, from fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, gaming, any genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to have to be able to continue to read books without having to sit down and read a physical copy. So to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Yeah, I was actually curious about that as, as far as whether or not you guys ever had any issues like with getting the rights to use certain films. Yes, that's I mean, that is a big issue. Yeah. Uh, and we learn not to even try for really, really big movies. Um, that's the it's the constant uh, business side of it. Um, and there are some movies that are in public domain, you know, just because they're, you know, it's expired mm-hmm. or because someone didn't handle the business of it. Um, for instance, uh, the first uh, Night of the Living Dead, George Romero just didn't handle that business. So that's in public domain. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. So we are we're quick to seize on those if we can and try to make it right with whoever it is, if they are have a real problem with it. Um but yeah, it's it's the constant negotiation and business side of it, um, and yeah, if it's something like uh, I don't know, you know, if we're if we're riffing uh, the next Star Wars movie, you know, you're not gonna get it. You have yeah. to just do an MP3 commentary, mm-hmm. which is still, I mean, that even in itself, I mean, chances are people are gonna have the movie if they're a fan. So yeah, so that's what we've learned is like. If it's something that people have or is really readily available, um, you know, it has a good chance of reaching a lot of people. If it's something that we still can't get because it's like a studio movie, but it's like an example for us is we did Over the Top, which is a Stallone movie of the 1980s where he played a uh, an arm wrestling semi-pro <laughs> and he was a truck driver and we just loved it like that's kind of the stuff we would love to do more of mm-hmm. but it was like just too you know too new and too connected to a major talent for us to just get the rights outright um but too obscure and too like n- you know unavailable right. to make it kind of work so that's the little zone that still vexes us mm-hmm. <laughs> but even you know not being able to have access to the major movies, I, watching the kind of the B movie quality of you know what you guys knock off to me just it, it kind of adds that little like I think it fits perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I, I said before this is a little pretentious, but our job is to be curators as much as anything. Like we we go out and we find the stuff, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a pretty deep dig into 
somebody's collection, uh, you know, on eBay or something, and we'll just burn through 99 titles to get to that 100th <laughs> title that is like, oh, my God, what a find, mm-hmm. you know? Because a lot of those movies, you think, where, where did those guys find that? Yeah, it's just through... Uh, Knowing where to look and and keep looking a lot, <laughs> really. So that there there is there is a real archaeological part of the job. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you have any upcoming uh, convention appearances or you know projects you're working on that you'd like to talk about? Um, other convention appearances, I don't think I have anything scheduled at the moment, but I uh, maybe a couple more this summer. But I, I've, I've come off a run of doing quite a few of them now, and Pensacon was my last scheduled one for a while. What is it that you enjoy most about doing convention appearances? You know, it's funny you should ask because I'm asking myself that. I, I This is the first year I've done more than, like, one or two, and I'm just giving it a shot. And I think what I like is it breaks me out of my routine because a, a lot of my work with Rift Tracks is just sitting home and writing in my home office. Mm-hmm. So, And when we get on stage and do it, it's really fun. But still 90% of the work is just sort of being a writer. So it's social. It's fun. I get to meet some fans and um, get to meet some fellow talent that I, you know, really have a good time doing so yeah sometimes and get to like i don't i've never been to pensacola so i get to see other parts of the country and i usually won't go to a place unless i want to see it too so have you got to check out any of the like restaurants or anything around town? so far today's my day to do a little more of that but i've been to mcguire's a few times and had nine million calories <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll definitely, you will not leave McGuire's hungry. Oh, my God. <laughs> they just keep it coming. I love that their appetizer there is a full loaf of of uh, bread with honey butter all over it. That's mm-hmm. like you just get that even if you order a sandwich. You get, Here's a loaf of bread to yeah. start with. <laughs> yeah, th- it's funny because almost every Pensacon guest that I've had the chance to talk to, that's kind of always on their list is yeah. always to go to McGuire's. I mean, it's you know, right across the street. It's within walking distance, so. It's also kind of a a little carnival atmosphere in its own way with all the dollar bills taped to the ceiling mm-hmm. and just has a real history. Yeah. It's very, it has a sense of humor. I mean, the the men's room and the, the women's room, <laughs> there's a big <laughs> sign on the men's room that says woman's room and just above it in little print, not the. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they they've changed it a little bit now like when you walk in it'll say oops this is the yeah they do have one oops this is the men's room right that used to not be there oh my god so you would just barge in you're like uh-oh yeah just turn around and leave a couple of people were less than charmed by that after yeah (laughs) but it's it's a they do have a second line of defense there though yes (laughs) yeah so if you miss that then you're kind of on your own Uh, do you have any social media or website that you'd like to plug? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Um, um, just my name, at Bill Corbett, one smushed together word. Um, and you can always head over to our site, rifftracks.com, R-I-F-F-T-R-A-X.com. And it's a, it's a great site, and there's a ton of stuff there. Perfect. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do the interview yeah. and hope you enjoy the rest of your time at Pensacon. Thanks, Derek. Thanks again to Bill Corbett for taking the time during Pensacon to have that really fun conversation. Be sure to follow him on social media and check out all their fun stuff at rifttracks.com. Next week is the four-year anniversary of the Derek Diamond Experience, and I'll be celebrating by doing something I haven't done in quite a while. I'll be doing a Facebook Live AMA to talk about some of my favorite moments from the show, some upcoming episodes, including what I'm going to be doing for episode 200, which is coming up in early August. So if you want to join the conversation, go to facebook.com slash ddiamondpodcast. It'll be this Tuesday, March 13th at 7.30 p.m., Central Standard Time. And if you want to follow me on other forms of social media, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. You can also check out past episodes of the show on iTunes, Spotify, all the podcasting platforms. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And I believe that will do it for this week's show. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of The Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.